What's going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Raptors Community Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, we're going to be talking Raptors, as usual. Uh, at the end, we're going to talk about the NBA Awards, but let's start with the Raptors. Playoff hopes are dead. Um, they're currently sitting in the 11th seed, sorry, 12th seed in the Eastern Conference at 27-40. and 40. They are four games back of the Wizards right now, recording Saturday, May 8th at around 6 Eastern. Uh, and the Pacers, 14 and a half games ahead. Uh, Raptors play Memphis tonight. They're virtually out of the playoff race, and that's why I'm saying it's done. There's really no way they make it unless they win all the rest of their games. And contrarily, the Wizards or Pacers lose all of their games. So that being said, I think it's time to adjust and look towards the offseason. We're going to talk more about that uh, once the Raptors are officially eliminated. Maybe during the playoffs a little bit, we'll do some draft profiles of players. We'll talk about where they could land in the lottery, their odds for each pick respectively, and kind of how that stuff works and dates, stuff like that. But there's lots to do in the offseason. But for now, let's talk what the Raptors have done recently. So we're going to just talk about a couple games. Um, Very, very briefly, Raptors beat the Lakers 121-114, led by Lowry with 37 points and 11 assists, and Siakam with 39 points. This was a vintage Kyle Lowry game, the last game we saw him play in. And he was absolutely hooping for Toronto. Um, he played really, really well. Was their best player in that game. Obviously, Siakam played amazing as well. But they really took it to the Lakers uh, in a game that the Lakers really want to win because they're currently in the seventh seed and looking to get, avoid the play-in tournament. But Toronto was able to get a big win. And then they go into L.A. They play, obviously, the Lakers, like I said. Then two days later, they play the Clippers. They fall 105-100. Another solid game from Siakam and Van Vliet with 24 and 27, respectively. Van Vliet with 13 assists. He had a lot of crazy moments here where he was just doing all these crazy things in the paint with like reverse right-hand layups, um, attacking the basket. He just had a lot of crazy finishes in this game. He looked uh, like an elite-level guard uh, in that game. Fortunately, the Raptors fall in the end of this game in crunch time, only scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. And we all know what happens at the end. We're going to avoid Siakam slander because he's been getting cooked more than he deserves to. The big game. Raptors come in. If they want their season to stay alive, they play the Washington Wizards. And against the Wizards, they've got, you know, an opportunity to uh, bridge that gap and make it a two-game difference, two-and-a-half-game difference. But... They were not able to come through. They lost 131-129 in overtime. Siakam had a career-high 44 points. He added on 11 rebounds and 7 assists on the night. He played phenomenal and was attacking Bertans and Hutchinson all night long, going right into the paint, driving by them, causing them, forcing them to put in doubles. Uh, we actually saw, I think it was Westbrook get a charge on Siakam, but that was because he was drawing so much attention. On other opportunities, he was able to, you know, kick it out to the open man or even just finish uh, around these players. So he honestly had an amazing game. Another great sign that Siakam is good. He was good in the clutch uh, for the most part tonight. He missed the three at the end, but, you know, that's uh, kind of a, a, a chuck at this at that point in the game because of the way the, the Raptors had to pass it to him and everything that happened down the stretch of that game. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. was back from injury. He looked good, 25 points. I uh, was hitting big threes. Fred Van Vliet, 22 points. Kem Birch doing what he does, 17-9. and nine. Uh, Just a great game from the Raptors overall. And they fought till the end. We saw Van Vliet hit that crazy three with two guys around him at the buzzer. To send it to overtime, and that was already a, uh, like a prayer in and of itself. 
Uh, Beal had 28, and Ru- Wa- <sighs> such a tongue twister. Russell Westbrook had 13 points, 17 rebounds, 17 assists. Uh, Neto had 25. I think he hit like five or six threes in this game. It was kind of ridiculous <laughs> to an extent. Uh, but yeah, Toronto ends up falling by two points. They could not capitalize in overtime. Uh, they kind of dropped the ball at the end of the fourth quarter and luckily came back and were able to send it to overtime in the first place. But yeah, first game, first overtime game this season for the Toronto Raptors and they they lose that, drops them to two straight. And like I said, they're out of the playoff picture. Um, yeah, so that that's sort of it on the Raptors themselves. Kind of a an unfortunate way to end that part of the season for them. Uh, this is the season that the Raptors just want to go home. They've obviously been in Tampa, and it's been trouble for them trying to adjust playing essentially all road games to an extent. Uh, if this, if they were in Toronto, we can speculate they would be a lot better. But you know, injuries also had a role. COVID protocols did when they had a run when they were about 500 earlier in the season, and yeah, it's kind of tailed off since. So for the Raptors, it'll be nice to just go home. Uh, and reset this team we'll talk more about the offseason uh, keys for them but we're going to talk a little bit of uh, regular season stuff so we're going to start with some playoff stuff uh, talking potential matchups who I think would win right now um, matchups I want to see and some stuff like that we're just going to kind of spitball a couple things um, I think Philadelphia looks like they've got a stranglehold on the number one seed they've won seven in a row they're now three games ahead of the Bucks and Nats who have the identical record right now uh looks like they're going to secure that number one seed and that's great for them because uh they obviously have a home advantage 26 and 7 there and with fans capacity increasing slowly it'll just make for a bigger advantage for them so this is really good news that they're able to hold that seed for them so they can avoid a dogfight in that second round against the bucks or nets i think a team that uh you know if they're able to slide into the four or five which is currently Knicks hawks uh, I think Philly loves that matchup because then that means in the second round they would only play either the Knicks or the Hawks, which would be perfect for them, assuming they make it past the first round, which I think no one expects them to fall in the first round because of how good they are. Uh, but if the Miami Heat, who are half game back of the Atlanta Hawks, able to slide up to that five seed, that could be trouble for the Sixers. I'd actually rather see that matchup because I think Hawks-Knicks, if they were to play, I don't know who would win that series, probably the Hawks. Um... You know what, I think it's a seven-gamer. I think it's like 50-50, but I would personally take Atlanta if fully healthy. Uh, I think they're just a better team overall. I think the Knicks have been punching above their weight all season. I think this is how good the Hawks are supposed to be with Nate McMillan and obviously a healthy roster that they have there, adding Clint Capella, adding a bunch of players, obviously last season and this offseason, in uh, Bogdanovich, Gallinari. They're just trying to make the playoffs, so they're a playoff bound team and I think they could be a second round team potentially I don't want to you know boast them too high but I think they're a solid team uh yeah and I think Bucks Nets would be an amazing second round series to watch and as for the the Western Conference uh top three seeds seem pretty much locked up uh the Nuggets might be able to slip up to that third seed but those are kind of the top four uh Jazz Suns Clippers Nuggets Mavericks Blazers and it feels like the Los Angeles Lakers are going to most likely, they're only a game behind uh, the Blazers right now, but with all the injuries and everything and only, you know, five games left, it looks like they're going to be in that playing tournament, which means the Lakers-Warriors could be the potential first playing game, which would be amazing to watch. 
Uh, it would obviously blow rankings and, you know, viewership out of the water. So I think that would be awesome to see as well. And I'm really excited to, to watch the playing tournament. Uh, I think it's not this weekend, not next weekend, but sometime during the week once the season finishes because the last game is, you know, Sunday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for the playoffs. There's a lot of good teams. I don't know who's going to come out of the West. I don't know who's going to come out of the East. It's kind of fun having a bit of parity, uh, a couple super teams. It's going to be pretty exciting to watch. I uh, got another special segment coming up, but first, quick break. All right, next segment before we do uh, All-NBA and um, the award prediction. It's going to be a quick, stupid, silly little segment that I saw on the Buckets podcast with Amir Blumenfeld. Um, it's basically called Player Name Mix, and we're just going to mix uh, players' names together and just you know enjoy how stupid they are. And my one rule was it has to be a current Raptor and I mix their name with someone else. So I only have five. Just going to go through them quickly as kind of a little joke. Um, So the first one is I'm going to give you guys kind of hints and then I'm going to say the person. So first one is the greatest Raptor of all time. That person's last name. So Lowry and Kyle Lowry. And then a young player on the Chicago Bulls. He's sort of a, a, he's going to be a restricted free agent this season. He's, um, very tall, six foot ten, six foot eleven, white guy who can shoot. Lowry Markinen, and you mix their name together, you get Lowry Lowry. <laughs> so I think it's just a stupid name, Lowry Lowry. Uh, the next one is um, the fidget spinner himself, best player on the Raptors currently in Pascal Siakam. His first name Pascal, and then forward on the Golden State Warriors, who had a really good season last year, Eric Pascal. And his name becomes Pascal Pascal. <laughs> uh, the next one is two Raptors. So I'll give you a hint for the first one. Uh, for the first name is a young guy who the Raptors signed um, from the G League this year. Uh, he's known for singing Party in the USA with Malachi Flynn in front of the Raptors as kind of a rookie, uh, you know, orientation sort of thing, whatever you want to call it, hazing. Um, it's Freddie Gillespie. So taking his first name, Freddie, and then... Steady Freddy, right? Van Vliet. So it's Freddy Van Vliet. Uh, just a simple, silly little name. Uh, this one's pretty good. Uh, arguably the best player on the uh, Suns, the Phoenix Suns. Their point god, Chris Paul, his last name with uh, Raptors bench player Paul Watson. So his name becomes Paul Paul. So just two Pauls. <laughs> uh, and the last one that I have here is Kem Birch. Um, obviously... Good rebounder for the Raptors, solid player this year. And we're taking the legend from the Boston Celtics, one of the only players in NBA history to win three MVPs in a row, Larry Bird. So we got Larry Birch is his name. And the joke here is just kind of that it's like, you know, almost like a, a spell error. You know, you kind of, or you say his name when you're drunk or something, you're Larry Birch. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's it for that segment. It's just something silly. I'm going to try and add one silly little thing in the middle of two kind of more serious topics but yeah thanks for listening going into the next topic now today we're going to be talking nba awards and the all nba teams it's monday may 3rd and welcome to the raptors community podcast the awards are going to be pretty quick i'm just going to start with some simple um easy awards you know start with mvp and work our way down uh, and I'm not going to be doing like a top five or top three. I'm really just going to talk about who I think should win it. And then maybe another guy who I think should be in consideration. 
And let's start with MVP. Nikola Jokic is my MVP. He's having an insane season. The Denver Nuggets are third in the Western Conference at 43 and 21. So they've had a really stand, really good season. And I think that what really bolstered his case in the last few weeks is the fact that they're 10 and 1 since Jamal Murray got injured. And despite the fact that I think this has decreased their opportunity to actually win a title this year, this has helped bolster Jokic's case to solidify himself as the MVP. The only other guy I think was actually in consideration were pre-injury Embiid and LeBron. But due to their injuries, I think Jokic deserves this one. And like I said, this extra little bit of time that we've had now to let it marinate and you know see how he plays without Jamal Murray really solidified his case. And the fact that they're a top four seed in the tough West really helped me put a stamp on this and say, it's Jokic. He's polarizing. He's fun to watch. He's dominant. He's the best big man in the NBA right now. But I think Embiid is right there. Let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. For me, it's Rudy Gobert. And standalone, he's the best defensive player on the third best team according to defensive rating. Obviously, in the Utah Jazz, he's their best defender. He's the sort of staple. He's sort of the, the middle of that defense. He really helps let them run with a lot of opportunity and protects the rim and just adjusts and alters so many different shots in there. Uh, and I think that the only other guy who I think was second place is... Ben Simmons, and he was the guy who's kind of in a race with Rudy. Seven games left still in the season for each team approximately, so you know maybe he can make a run, but I think that unfortunately Embiid's going to cancel him out. Even though the Sixers have the second best defensive rating, I think the fact that Embiid is such a good defender as well, in addition to Thibel and some of these other guys, really takes away from Ben Simmons' opportunity to win this, despite me picking preseason that he would win. Now let's move to most improved player, and this one is easy. It's Julius Randle. He went from a stat stuffer, and I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way, but just a guy who put up numbers on a bad team, to the best player on a playoff team in the East, averaging 24-10-6. I think the big improvements this year has been his passing and his shooting that have gone up multiple levels to over a 40% three-point shooter, over six assists. That's just great stuff from a guy in Julius Randle who... You know, I'm not going to say he was washed, quote unquote, but he's in his seventh year. So people kind of thought they knew what he was, right? When he was on the Pelicans, they thought they knew what he was. When he was on the Lakers, it was just like, oh, this guy's like, you know, 18 and 10 and really doesn't contribute to winning. But he's flipped that script and Thibodeau deserves a lot of respect for the way that he's been playing them. Let's move on to coach of the year. I'm going with Quinn Schneider. I think he changed the way that they play offense and they shoot a lot more threes now. They've obviously took a significant jump in the standings to being a top two seed in the Western Conference. And a lot of that goes to him. He really unlocked the potential of a lot of the players on this team, including Jordan Clarkson. I know that uh, Joe Ingles talks highly of Quinn Schneider unlocking his ability and just getting guys to play their role. And that's why they've been able to be such a good team. Monty Williams is the second place guy for me. And I think that the reason he's not as high is because a lot of credit goes to Chris Paul himself for the way they've been playing. As for sixth man of the year, I'm going with Jordan Clarkson, and he's their second leading scorer, averaging 17.5 points per game on 51% effective field goal. So he's like a decent, decently average shooter, really good from the free throw line, um, you know, not great from the field, like 42%, not great from three, low 30s, but he's just a solid scorer for them. And honestly, Quinn Schneider's given him the green light, and he's taken advantage of it and helped sort of propel this team, in addition to obviously. Donovan Mitchell stepping up and some of those role guys as well. 
The last award, Rookie of the Year. Oh, Rookie of the Year. There's a two-man race, but LaMelo Ball is taking the cake for me. Anthony Edwards has the more games played argument, which is usually not a good thing um, because LaMelo Ball, when he has played, has been way better than him. Such a polarizing, fun player to watch. Uh, and he's proven that he can be a perennial star in the league at some point down the line. I think that he has a really, really bright future. Is obviously the best member of the Ball brothers right now in terms of highest potential. And he made the Hornets really, really fun to watch this year. Um, as for Anthony Edwards, he's been good, but a little bit inefficient and somewhat inconsistent. So that's kind of why I don't put him in there. I think Tyrese Halliburton deserves some respect. I think he got injured recently, but... Uh, I think he deserves to be in the conversation as well as a guy who five years from now could be the best player. But as for Rookie of the Year, I don't think anyone holds a candle to LaMelo Ball. Now let's move on to all NBA teams. And I'm going to start with the first team, as I should. Start with the backcourt. Steph Curry, 31 points per game, shooting 49% from the field, 43% from three, and 91% from the free throw line. And he's just been a scoring machine, and he's the only reason the Warriors are even 500 right now as they're 32-32 and 32 and holding on tightly to that 9 seed, trying to make sure they stay in the playing tournament. But without him, they'd be probably somewhere in the range of what the Thunder are, like 20-44, and 44, um, and be basically tanking for a high draft pick. But because of Curry, who I think is the most polarizing player in the entire league right now, potentially having his best season ever, statistically obviously having to carry a lot of the load this year. He has been outstanding. The next guy is Dame Lillard in my backcourt, and I picked him over Luka Doncic for one reason, and that's because CJ missed games and Nurkic missed games. And I think he's impressively kept them afloat despite this. They've been bad lately. Norman Powell and them haven't really been getting a lot of dubs, but I think they're going to bounce back and be okay. Uh, Like I said, they've tailed off lately, but... That's a good reason for me to potentially downgrade them, but I think since as of today, Monday, May 3rd, before games have been played, this is like 6 Eastern, uh, they have the same record as the Dallas Mavericks, so I'm just going to take Dame Lillard, but that's just my pick. That's who I prefer. Next in the forwards, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. He's only played 20, sorry, 47 games thus far, but he's had an amazing overall season, and I think people are sleeping on the Clippers this year. Uh, obviously it, it only matters what they do in the playoffs, but we know that Kawhi is still a top five player in the NBA. He's averaging 25 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, five assists. And for this team, it's Paul George who needs to show out. I'm going to talk about him in my second team all NBA, but Kawhi and Paul George need to get this team past, you know, I don't know. It really depends who they match up with in the Western conference, but they need to have a good playoff experience. Otherwise things could get iffy in free agency. They're 43-22 and 22 in the third seed in the Western Conference right now. Next guy in my forward list is Giannis. He's having an MVP-level season. The team is 40-24, and 24 and they're sitting in the three seed. And similar to Kawhi's Clippers, the Bucks have to at least go deep in the second round or Eastern Conference Finals to avoid some big changes in management this season. Cough, cough, bud. Obviously, Coach Mike Budenhoser's on the hot seat if they were to go out I, I do think this but at the same time from everything I've heard Drew Holiday uh he was on the old man in the three podcast which if you're a podcast guy I recommend uh you're listening to this so you're probably a podcast guy or woman sorry and JJ Redick um it, that's his podcast he had Drew Holiday on it's amazing 
uh, how much he said that he loves and admires Coach Bud's uh, coaching style, especially off the court with the way that he lets them rest and really preserves them for game day situations. The fifth guy, this is an obvious one, my MVP, Nikola Jokic, is my center on my first team ballot. Uh, like I said, he's likely the MVP this year, and I remember that me and Baller Nation, if you remember earlier in this podcast, predicted him to win MVP last year, not this year, last year. And this year he's really taken it to the next level and exceeded my expectations thus far. Let's move on to second team, Joel Embiid. He's had an MVP season despite injury, 43-21 and 21 atop the Eastern Conference. LeBron, due to injuries, he's on my second team over first team. Uh, he was also having an MVP season, obviously, prior to his high ankle sprain. And the fact that the Lakers are deflating down to the seventh seed really made me hard to put him on my first team over Kawhi. So that's why I have, I have LeBron sitting on that second team next to another forward in Paul George, who's also missed a few games. But he's having a great year, averaging 24, 6.5, and, and 5 assists, which are basically classic Paul George numbers. But for him, we know that all that matters is him showing off in the playoffs and really supporting Kawhi Leonard. As we could see, you know, some kind of thing happened. I'm not going to hint at anything, but I could see a potential Paul George trade happening if they were to flame out. And I mean flame out in the playoffs because Kawhi Leonard is a free agent. They should sign him and trade Paul George if things were to go wrong for some other asset that can help them win now. I think Paul George still has a lot of value. He's just, you know, an interesting character. Let's just say that. Now time for my guards. I'm going with Doncic, and he's having an MVP-like season, very similar numbers to Damian Lillard, and Chris Paul, who Chris Paul has been the best player on the team with the best record in the entire league. Uh, his hat is in the MVP race as well, given that he's taken a significant, and I mean a significant uh, difference between the way the team was last year to this year. They've had such a difference in adjustment uh, going from outside of the playoffs to... And don't bring up the 8-0 in the bubble, all right? That's, you know, a sign of good trends, but not that you're going to be a top two seed. This is Chris Paul who deserves respect. And his numbers aren't super sexy. 16, 9 assists, 4.5 boards. But he's given this team an engine in the fourth quarter next to Devin Booker that makes this team a formidable duo in the playoffs. They're going to be scary to play. Teams are not going to want to face them in the first or second round. Uh, maybe in the second round they wouldn't mind, but in the first round you do not want to match up against that team. Third team... Start with the guards, Donovan Mitchell. He's had some injury concerns lately, but he's been the best player on the Jazz, averaging 24 a game, and they're 46 and 18, holding on to that second seed in the Western Conference. He's exceeded my expectations, um, and so has that team. So I think I'm putting him on my third team, respectively. Kyrie Irving, I don't need to say anything to this. He's been the one consistent player um, for this team. And the only guy who's been healthy for the Brooklyn Nets between him, Durant, and Harden for the majority of this season. He's obviously had a couple personal things, but we're not going to talk about that because we're making a case for him, not against him. I think he's averaging near 27 points per game and one of the more polarizing players in the fourth quarter of games who, when he's taking a shot in the fourth quarter, you think it's going in every single time. And so Kyrie Irving is having a great year. He deserves to be in this third team. Uh, Julius Randle, he's taken a significant leap from last season. Like I said, most improved. Uh, Three-point shot is over 40%, which is a significant leap. And he can dominate a game without attacking the paint, and he's a great passer. These are just some positives to his game. Like I said, he can dominate a game without attacking the paint. We saw him against the Raptors just pulling up from mid-range, pulling up from three. He was literally not attacking the paint at all because I don't know why. He just didn't. He just decided, no, I'm just going to shoot jumpers. And he was destroying the Raptors all game. 
It was honestly hard to watch, but at the same time, really fun to watch. Uh, Zion Williamson, one of the more polarizing players, another guy who I think deserves to be uh, as an All-NBA third team guy, averaging near 25 points per game, obviously shooting like over 62% from the field, which is ridiculous. Uh, obviously, I wish the team were a little better. I think they're currently uh, sitting outside of the playoff picture. And by playoff picture, I mean they're outside of the, the play-in entirely. They're in the 11th seat at 29-35. and 35. So they're really struggling to get wins. Uh, I think that uh, Van Gundy is on the hot seat. And Rudy Gobert is my last guy. Like I said, defensive anchor for the second-best team in the NBA, one of the best defenses. I think he deserves to be the third center. If Anthony Davis had played more games, he'd be there, but nope, not gonna let him, not gonna let him slip in. Uh, Devin Booker. Here are some honorable mentions: Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Bradley Beal. For Butler and Harden, they both didn't play enough games to be considered for me. Uh, Beal doesn't get enough wins, and Devin Booker just missed out over Kyrie Irving. Those were the two guys I was really debating between, out of those two guys. Uh, that's it for my general NBA talk. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it.